In the great bowels of the internet, there are assembled the world's two most prodigious podcasters created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Joe, a chubby Italian nebbish with a slamming tan, and Gomez, a Puerto Rican, when convenient, who doesn't speak a lick of Spanish. Their mission combine their love of all things pop culture to present the most important podcast on the planet. When their powers are assembled, they form the mighty Car Joe-Man. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 260 of the Car Joe Mez podcast. I'm Mez and my co-host as always. I am Joe of the Car Joe Mez podcast. Yes you are. Hey buddy, what's up? I am so excited Gomez. Oh, so excited. Whoa, what's going on here? What's We we are just days away from PowerCon and this oh, year, yes. it doesn't look like there's going to be a hurricane to interrupt my travel. It looks like oh. everything's coming up Millhouse, just days away. I'm very excited. I was so upset for you last year because I was so excited that you finally said, you know what, I'm going to go to this He-Man convention because you should have been going. How long has this been going on for? It's years now. and I Like, what, what are you doing? I, Come you know, on, there bro. There was years <laughs> where I, I decided not to go. And then I finally do decide to go, and there was a hurricane coming through Florida, and I had to cancel. And then last year was COVID, and now it looks like they almost had to cancel again because of the uptick in COVID. So that became a thing. Uh, but it looks like we're all systems go. Obviously, they want masks worn with, while you're in the convention, and they're going to be limiting how many people could be on the floor at a time. So we'll see how that goes. But either way, it's happening. Do you need a vaccination card? Uh, it does not say that you need proof of vaccination. Okay. Cause I live in New York, and pretty much anything you want to do now, you got to show your vaccine card. Well, I mean, I'm ready to go, if needs be. I'm, I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm not, I'm I'm ready. not missing I can't out wait. this time. Alan Oppenheimer is going to be there, the original voice of Skeletor. Uh, Melanie Britt is going to be there, the voice of the original She-Ra. So... I'm very excited. I can't wait to go. Uh, a bunch of toy vendors are going to be there, some of whom I've dealt with for a couple of years at this point. So I'm looking forward to going to say hello and meeting these people in person that I've just been buying from off that's the Internet cool. for years. Yeah, that's cool to meet those people. Uh, are you what are you most excited for? Is it just meeting Mr. Oppenheimer, getting to hang out with Skeletor? Oh, or is it just 100 percent? OK, I've got a bunch of <laughs> figures I'm bringing with me to get signed. He actually did so a bunch of voices on the original Filmation series. So I'm bringing a Skeletor figure, a Man-at-Arms figure, a Buzz-Off figure, and a, man, and a uh, Merman figure for him to sign. I don't know how much he's charging. I know it's not going to be cheap. But Gomez, we're hitting a milestone this coming week. Yeah, this is the last time that I could say my co-host is not yet 40. I know. Isn't that weird? It's, it's very weird. Isn't that weird? 
But that so it's perfect that this is your first time going to PowerCon. Celebrate the big four zero. Well, you might was, not like it, but it's happening. That was uh, kind of the tipping point for me. I was talking to uh, Ravishing Robert from Mattel, and he was like, "Dude, you gotta go. You gotta go." Because I was telling him I had never been before, and I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna be forty this year." It, it, PowerCon always takes place around my birthday, so I was gonna say it's right by your birthday, so it's like perfect. Yeah, like let's just go, let's just do it. So I had bought my ticket. Now my my flights are all booked. I'm ready to go. My hotel's booked. Got my toys. I just got my Posca paint pens from Amazon today, so I'm Ooh. I'm ready. I'm crowdsourcing right now. I just put it up on Twitter and Instagram at my personal Instagram, uh, at the Joe Shoes, to get uh, people's advice. What color paint pen I should have these people sign I my was gonna ask, I was just going to ask if you had a, a color scheme thought out for who's getting what, what toy. Yeah, I, I, love I it. had an idea already in my head. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to go with a like a baby blue for She-Ra, uh, a white for Skeletor, um, yellow for Man-at-Arms, um probably yellow for merman and buzz off maybe a green you like colors that differentiate uh from the colors of the figure in the packaging that way they the autograph actually pops that's the uh the, Bri- the brian myers trick because brian myers Some is real it's real, real nerd, nerd shit yeah, going yeah. on <laughs> i fucking love it but i love it <laughs> besides the signings and stuff is there anything like that happens like there are, are there screenings of things or they like it doesn't uh, seem to be like I've never been to a power con before I don't know like how yeah. necessarily big it is you know obviously mm-hmm. it's not going to be the scale of like a New York Comic Con or anything sure. like that uh and th- and we've been to those before yeah, so like we're we're used to big conventions but I don't think that like I don't know if there's like any panels or anything like that although they keep do making announcements where like Pixel Dan is going to be there and I don't know what Pixel Dan will be doing there. Like, he just came out with a book about the figures of yeah. Masters of the Universe, but, like, I don't know if he's going to have a panel on it or whatever. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, and then they, they've been announcing, like, professional cosplayers that will be in attendance at the event. But, like, I look at that and I go, for what? <laughs> well, maybe there's a, a contest going on, there, like there best is a contest, costume or something. But, like, you would think if, if you're a professional cosplayer, like... And you're being like booked on the show, you should be kind of um, ineligible from winning the contest, right? I get that. Yes, you're like a ringer. Yes. Yeah. I get exactly. It. That's like Mr. Burns bringing in Mike Sosha to play on the softball team. It's exactly like that. <laughs> Bro, Joe, you brought up baseball. I just want to say, um, last week you yelled at the Mets. You yelled at them. I'm still mad. <laughs> I. I, I, I want you to be mad because you yelled at them and they went on a, a little thing we call the winning streak, Joe. And then what happened? So, <laughs> and they lost the game. And then I mean, they you lost. know, the Mets, the Mets are going to met. So, you know, but I just, do you want to yell at them again and see if we can maybe get another, I, another streak going? Here, here's what I want to yell at. <laughs> My man, Steve Cohen, the owner of the team. Oh, what do you do now? Here's Rich D-Bag Central, Steve Cohen who makes Javi Baez come out and give this bullshit apology to the fans. Oh, we're not trying to offend you. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then all, all of a sudden they have a, a decent weekend. 
and I say decent because they should have won four. They actually should have won all five against a team like the Washington Nationals that has given up months ago. But they win three out of five. So you have a decent weekend against the last place team that's given up months ago. And this J-Brone, this new-to-the-party owner, wants to get on Twitter and start talking shit like, oh, where's all the Twitter experts now about Javi Baez? Motherfucker, I'm right here. I haven't gone nowhere, Steve Cohen. I'm right here. And Javi Baez should not be on this fucking team. And I didn't see you coming out and fucking tell... uh, uh, apologizing to the fans, and now you're basically encouraging this motherfucker by putting it in our faces like, oh, Javi Baez had one game where he went four for four. Fuck you, Steve Cohen. Fuck you. <laughs> All right, Mets. You know what to do now. Javi Baez, come on. Four for four no, in four like, straight games. Let's thing. go. Here's the thing with the Mets. So they're the, the Mets. We know over. what's happening exactly. here. Exactly. I'm not new. <laughs> I'm not new. I know how this movie ends. You know what I mean? They're playing the hits right now. Come exactly. on, bro. What are we they doing? They do this shit all the time, like clockwork. Like my man Lumiere. It, it's not. That's not his name. <laughs> Lumiere's the candlestick. Like He's my the man. Like my man Cogsworth. <laughs> yeah, they're there. That clock's going. And they do this shit all the time where they're out. The season's over. But then they want to give you that false sense of hope to try to draw you back in. That way they could just crush you even harder at the end of it all. And my man, I ain't getting caught up in that. We know how this ends. The team's not making the playoffs. The season's over. Oh, yeah. Mr. Ball's like, oh, I'm like, relax, bro. Oh, look at this. I'm relax. We've, We've done it before. Was it 2% chance of making the playoffs? No shot. Oh, let's win some games. Get out of here. What, it be one game out last weekend? Is that what they're going to do it to us? Yeah, who gives a shit? (laughs) But Gomez, on a happy note, another great week of downloads for us. So thank you to everybody for listening and subscribing. We genuinely appreciate it. Do not forget to follow along with us on social media. Instagram and Twitter at the Car Jomez. We also have a Facebook uh, where we Ooh. post the same stuff that we post on Instagram and Twitter at Car Jomez. <laughs> but it, it's Facebook.com slash Car Jomez if you're interested or you just prefer to use Facebook. I don't know how many in our target demographic prefer using Facebook anymore. I know I certainly don't, but I, I yes. do just because. But, uh, a very nice uh, week of downloads and some of our old episodes getting downloaded more again. Again, thank you, everybody. But do not forget that it doesn't stop at just downloading and subscribing. No, no, no. You could take it one step further and leave a five-star review wherever you download this show. That way, everybody knows how awesome you think we are. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. You're giving out plugs here. I want to give out a plug, Joe. Oh, I can't wait. What are you plugging, Gomez? I was bullied. I've been harassed, and I just couldn't take it no more. So I now have an Instagram. Woo! Baby. What would your Instagram name be? The Gomez154, just like on Twitter. You can follow both of them. So you're telling me that for one easy-to-remember handle... I can follow you on both Twitter and Instagram. You know it, baby. The Gomez 154. You can't make it any easier than that. 
<laughs> Lots of junk food. I've been stocking up junk food pictures. It's coming, baby. Oh, I just picked up today, and I think you had this already. I sent a picture to our uh, group chat, but this one chip challenge thing. I bought it, but I did not try it. This is something that comes out every couple years, and uh, last, well, like two, three years ago, it was a viral thing. Remember, like Shaq did it, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was the one chip challenge. Yeah, so it was impossible to find. So I saw it in the store this one time. I said, I got to get it. So I bought like four of them. I have not tried it yet. I've seen videos where people are wearing gloves to just take this thing out of the box. So I'm kind of nervous now. I don't know. So here's what I'm thinking. Oh, God. Why don't you and I do something a little special for this? Oh, okay. Well, what are you, what are you thinking? How about we'll pick a day and we'll go live on Twitch. Oh, man. <laughs> and you and I will both attempt this one chip challenge together. Oh. Well, I'm going to make sure I do it a day that my wife, the nurse, is home to take care of me as I die live for the entertainment of my fans. I feel bad for you, Joe. This is going to be hot. I, you don't like that much spicy stuff. This is, what are you doing? I am oh. the sultan of spicy, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I'm the herald of hot. And the Pharaoh of Fire, my man. I've, I've seen people take just a bite. Not the whole chip. You just take a little bite of it. I don't, I don't This is dangerous. On the box, it tells you, danger. You will regret this. Something like that. And it says one spicy tortilla chip inside. It's just one chip. $5, one chip. I got it from 7-Eleven. You too? No, I actually got a, a guy at work who watches and is subscribed to my YouTube, youtube.com slash Joe Shoes, actually uh, picked it up wherever he found it, and he said, hey, I need you to do a video about this. Oh, my God. That's great. <laughs> People <laughs> loving the gimmick, bro. It's been a while. You haven't eaten things in a while, Joe. I've just been very busy, but it looks like we're going to have some some time opening up. So I hope to get back to creating more content on the YouTube side of things. And uh, I think maybe we should do a, a Twitch video with this. And then we can also uh, upload that to the YouTube afterward. Sure. When you get back from uh, your little vacation here, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll hammer out the details. And uh, oh, goodness. <laughs> I, I think that has the potential to be some good quality content. Maybe we'll do like a mini podcast, depending on how many people we get watching live. We could do a little Q&A and then, you know, the drum roll can sound and we can begin to do our, uh, our attempt this one chip challenge. Sounds like fun. I, uh, I don't go on Twitch as much as I should. I know there's a lot of fun stuff on there. And it's just it's one of the last things I think of. Like, oh, I got nothing to do. Let me randomly pick an app. And it's never Twitch. Yeah, I uh, I got into Twitch a little bit. I, I did a couple of streams with uh, Hornswoggle, Dylan Postle, my buddy. We did a uh, a Peeps eating challenge, and then we did the yes. uh, Pepsi Peep Peeps. soda. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then I did a uh, like a live stream of uh, some Pizza Hut pizza. I like going on Twitch for for some reason. I've tried live streaming on YouTube multiple times, and it always ends poorly. But uh, when I yes, just randomly things will be working fine, and then just all of a sudden it just yeah. craps out. It's just it's so frustrating. Uh, but Twitch seems to work significantly better, so uh, you can follow me there. Follow me twitch.tv slash Mister Joe Shoes. Joe, you brought up uh, some back uh, episodes of us, you know, fans listening. 
in one episode we talked about the most painful place to get stung by a bee. Yes, Remember we that, did. Joe? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And we we talked about. I mean, obviously, your balls would be definitely a, a terrible place. Yeah, I believe I believe my selection was the eyeball. Like I thought the eyeball <laughs> would be the worst. <laughs> so during that episode, we talked about how. You know, we haven't gotten stung by a bee. I mean, I hadn't, I got stung by a bee, I think, when I was six, seven years old. It's, it's been a long time. So just thinking about it, I was like, I guess getting stung by a bee really, really sucks. And uh, I have to tell you, Joe, it does suck because I got stung by a bee the other day. What the fuck are and, did you? Did you go back in time and become 11 years old again? <laughs> so this isn't, and this on, isn't the first time. Wait, more importantly, was it because you were looking for your glasses? <laughs> the first time I got stung by a bee because I got stung twice this summer. How? The first time I was just walking in my yard in the backyard. It's grass. I have a grass yard. I was just walking, and I step on something sharp, and I'm like, "Ooh, what the hell is this?" And I look, and there's a bee like on the floor. I guess like I fucked him up because I stepped on him, so he's like kind of dying. Sorry, but you you did it to yourself. And I'm like, "Oh, I I got a bee sting." And it sucked. It was on my foot, so were you? You, you weren't wearing footwear. No, I'm in my backyard. I'm just Who like cares? running around. You don't know what's out there. <laughs> could be I mean, bugs. Also... Could be tremors. Uh, you know, like it could be anything. I'm all about wearing the least amount of clothes as allowed. And so shoes. I mean, unless I'm going to the store, I'm not really putting anything on my foot. Not even flip flops. No, nah, nah. like if I'm walking to the pool here, like, no, we don't need, come on. Uh, listen, uh, I would assume that there aren't bees on the floor trying to stab me. Now maybe I should think well, about maybe, wearing footwear. Maybe they have an underground hive, an underground ambrosia breeding center. <laughs> so that was weeks ago, about maybe five weeks ago. And this past weekend, I'm standing in the neighbor's yard and a bee gets stuck in my shirt. It sounds terrifying. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm just standing there, and all of a sudden I feel like, and like something hitting me and hitting my shirt. I'm like, what the fuck? I lift up my arm sleeve, and there's like a, a bee hanging from me because he stung me, so he's hanging from his stinger. And I'm like, but, but what the fuck goes on? And let me tell you, a bee sting is... It's not painful. It's just, it's kind of annoying. It's itchy. It's, oh, my God, Joe. Don't ever get stung by a bee, bro. This is terrible. So the last time I got stung by a bee, I want to say it's got to be about 15 years ago. And I was in the car. I was stopped at a red light. I had my window down. And I feel something on my neck. So I go to scratch it, and it's something there. I fucking pluck it. And it's a bee, like, between my fingers now. <laughs> this bee was stuck in my neck like he went for the jugular. Oh, yeah, he coming for you, bro. And I fucking, I, I look at this thing and I'm like, man, fuck you. And I fucking flung him out the window. And that's, that's my story. Gangsta, that's a gangster bee. I, I, you know, I they always tell you, don't be scared of bees. They don't want to bug you. And, you know, I try not to because Shiloh's around. No, I'm not going to be like, get out of here. out here looking for trouble. I, now I'm like, get the fuck away from me, B. Like, like, leave me alone. This is annoying. Please don't bother me. Ugh. 
I thought we had a truce, bees. What happened here? Like, we're supposed to be nice to the bees now. Oh, we need the bees. They control the population. Yo, don't be fucking rolling up on me then. No. I'm glad those bees are disappearing. Fucking bees. Get out of here. Unbelievable. So, moral of the story, don't fuck with bees. Until next time. And now we know. And knowing is half the battle. That's it. Don't mess with bees. I try not to, but they mess with you. Oh, I'm just, I'm very annoyed because it's, it's annoying. It's like right in my muscle, in my arm. Oh, yeah. So when I f- These big muscles of yours. <laughs> you know, big Papa Pump over here, you know. So, but you, you know what I'm saying. You know when you get like a sunburn on your muscle area and then when you fold your arm. Come on, bro. You know what I'm saying. Gomez, I do not burn. I just bronze. I don't burn either. I was just, I don't know why I said that. I don't get sunburned. I, uh, you know, I'm Puerto Rican. So obvi- I love the sun. So obviously we can't relate, but we probably have some very pasty and pale listeners out there who can. It's annoying. It's been annoying me all weekend. Did you have to get like anti-venom? Like what do, what do you get for bee stings? Benadryl? So you just kind of, you take a Tylenol and you ice the area and that's it. You just kind of leave it alone. It's just going to bother you. It's just going to be annoying for like four or five days, they say. It'll be a little itchy. It might be a little sore. It was really red for a while. Everyone was like, oh, maybe you should go to the doctor. I'm like, no, we're not going to the doctor. But it eventually went down. And <sighs> you know. I, I want to say my best bee sting story is actually, it wasn't me, but it was my brother. Oh. And, and when we were kids, we were at like my aunt and uncle's house. I want to say it was like a 4th of July or something. It was a holiday where like the whole family was there having a barbecue. And my aunt and uncle had a pool and we were like little kids. I mean, maybe I was like eight years old. My brother was maybe five or so. And uh, he was hanging on like the side of the pool. And I guess a, um, uh, a nest had formed like under the edge of the pool. So it just happened to be like where he went to grab onto the side of the pool and all of a sudden money got jabbed up with like five, six stings right in the fucking grill. This this little boy just getting fucking hammered, tattooed like fucking bee sting Tyson's coming at him like boom, 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 (laughs) fucking jabbing him up like a pin cushion. They... My mom and my, my aunt ran to, like, Genovese or whatever, the, the local pharmacy, to get some Genovese. fucking Benadryl. <laughs> uh, did you get in trouble for laughing? I didn't really know what was going on. I was more, okay. if I know myself, I, I don't think I was old enough to appreciate the humor in this situation. Okay. If it was now, I'm laughing about it now, though. So, oh, I mean, God, now it's hilarious. <laughs> But I think at the time, I just would have been annoyed that this, like, instance was interrupting, like, if we were playing, like, a volleyball game or something in the pool. Sure. And I would have been like, yo, my man, like, can you do this outside of the pool? Like, we're trying to play a game here. Uh, You can text your brother later. Remember when you got stung by a bee? That was the best. I'll I'll wait for him to listen to this. (laughs) That way he he can know that hundreds of people have heard his, his most nauseating tale. I love it. Beasting talk. (laughs) (laughs) This is why you people subscribe. You come to get the good stuff. Hey, it's what happens. We talk about what happens. That's it. That that was one of the most exciting things that happened all weekend for me was getting stung by a bee. 
What? Well, Labor Day ha- weekend? Happy Labor you, Day. <laughs> Labor Day weekend, you know, just chilling. Do you partake in any Labor Day shenanigans? No, Work, no, no. I guess, yeah, right? Labor Day to me sounds very antiquated because we're we're celebrating like workers' rights that we no longer have. Like unions are at a all time low. Workers' wages are, uh, you know, not very high. And like, what are we really celebrating? The fact that we got, you know, that a forty hour work week no longer exists, and you're expected to do sixty, or the fact that, um. Like, you have no upward mobility, no payroll flexibility, cost of living is through the roof and unaffordable. Like, what are we really celebrating for Labor Day now? Nothing. Most of the time, I was usually working Labor Day. Please. Yeah, uh, there's no such thing as a day off at my job. So, you know, it's just a Monday to me. So getting stung by B was my excitement. Uh, Did you have any excitement, Joe, going on? Uh, no, uh, I had a, I did have off the weekend, but, uh, I did go to work Monday, so nothing really big. Uh, you know, I did get to watch some new stuff though. So that's pretty much all I got up to. Ooh, what you watch, baby? Well, we mentioned it last week and I didn't even know it was back, but I started watching this season of Brooklyn nine, nine. Oh, did you? Okay. Have you began that? I watched Definitely the first episode. Did I finish the second episode? No more than two episodes. That you know, that would be what I say. There is. They are eight episodes deep so far. I think they've been dropping two at a time. Oh, because I okay. think I I think that's why I saw the first two because it was two episodes and then I I didn't go back to it. I think that's what they're doing. Uh, very different episode. Uh, episode. Uh, very, very different, different season. season. Yeah, new tone and new tenor. Yes, they're trying to relate to real-life situations. I get what they're doing. It's a cop show. People, you know, don't want to be loving cops at the moment, I guess. So yeah, the, they so want the to over- play off of that. Yeah, the the overarching theme of this season is police reform and how that is going to impact uh, their ability to do their job. And, you know, you have the... The evil union boss who's against any kind of reform. And then you have Captain Holt and and Santiago trying to put together a whole uh, project about police reform and get this passed so they can hopefully make some impactful changes to, to policing. I know the first episode's about Rosa leaving the force. And then uh, I don't remember the second episode. So yeah, uh, I remember it being okay because it's very it wasn't uh, as funny. I mean, it had some funny moments, but it was kind of... I don't want to say heavy, but it was dealing with some I, some situations. I think it was really just that episode because okay. a, as you go on, it's it's fine. It it, okay. it still feels like Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, they've okay. just taken it in a new direction. You know, Jake is still doing his, you know, like I want to be the greatest detective in the world type shit, and you know, you have Captain Holt doing Captain Holt things, and the rest of the cast doing the rest of the cast things. The only thing that I love is, so Hitchcock has retired. He retired yes. in COVID, but he still shows up to work every day via Zoom, via FaceTime. I'm sorry. He FaceTimes <laughs> Scully every day. He's like living in Brazil or something now, or he just can't get out of Brazil. But he FaceTimes Scully all day, every day. That way they can eat together. I love it. It was, it was a good bit. <laughs> all right, so I'll check it out then. As, once you say that it's not all like that, all right, I'll check that out. Because, I mean, that's a that's a show we love, and this is the final season, I believe, right? Yeah, I believe so. so. 
so yeah, I, I want I want the show to go out on top because it was a uh, unlikely favorite of ours. We had no uh, no idea we'd be loving a an Andy Samberg uh, cop show. And I'm an <laughs> a- Andy Samberg guy, you know. And but like to me, the star of the show is Captain Holt. Dynamite. He is fantastic. And, I agree. And we do get some uh, Cheddar the Dog as you get through this season. I love whenever I get Cheddar the Dog. And he has a, a feud going on with Rosa, which becomes quite terrific. Man, I got to I gotta write this down for a big finish one day. Maybe top three TV animals. Oh. Yeah, right? I'll that bring that up in one. a month or so. Yeah, there we go. Write that down. Well, Gomez, you said Brooklyn Nine-Nine was starting off kind of heavy this season. And it most certainly was. But something else got really heavy, Doc. Oh, did it, bro? This week's episode of Marvel's What If with Doctor Strange. Gangster. So fucking gangster this episode. My goodness. Is this show for children? I don't think it is. And, like, I, I'm i not being facetious there or, like, trying to be yeah, sarcastic. I, I don't think I'm, it is. I'm honestly asking because this episode, even the last episode where they're killing Avengers... Might be a little like, whoa, for some kids. This you know one what? is like, just... I didn't think of that, but like now that you say it, like imagine like your kid's there and he's watching this cartoon show and then all of a sudden yeah. like Black Widow the kills Iron Man. The Hulk blows up. Yeah, the Hulk blows up. Hawkeye <laughs> kills the, the Hulk. Uh, kills Thor, I'm sorry. Like, uh, like, like yeah. what is going on? <laughs> the first two episodes are way tame and fun. I mean, that second episode is so fun. Everyone's having a good time with Star-Lord T'Challa. And, uh, and then we get murder. And then we get some more murder. This episode was, what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? So instead of losing his hands in the accident, he loses his... I, are they together? Like they they're not together, they're right? Not, they're kind of trying to be together. I, I want to feel like they're on and off. Maybe they were yeah, together right? at some point and then they weren't and then he put his either career way. in front of her. Yeah. But like there's still feelings there. But either way, Christine dies in a car accident and Doctor Strange doing Doctor Strange shit. Just like we <laughs> talked about with the Spider-Man trailer. Maybe yep. this is not the person you want to be the sorcerer supreme. <laughs> Wong tells him, "Hey, bro, let me uh, let me do some stuff before we uh, get ourselves in trouble here tonight." Yeah, he's like, "I'm gonna go." What was it like? He's gonna go make some food or something in the kitchen. He goes, "Before you do something stupid," and yeah. two seconds later, yeah. something stupid. <laughs> oh, so Doctor Strange, you know, he he's got his powers. He tries to go back in time and and stop this from happening. Yeah. But we learned you can't do that. No, you can't do that. And he's visited by the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future, all in the forms of the Ancient One. She comes back like a hundred times to tell him, Hey, Mr. Strange, you shouldn't be doing this. And he's like, Ah, yo, bat, I'm going to do it. It's like Ebenezer Scrooge didn't learn his fucking lesson come Christmas morning. (laughs) The Ancient One comes a hundred times because... We watched this poor woman die a hundred times. Yes. Holy shit. He kills Christine. He keeps trying to go back in time to alter the circumstances that lead to the car accident that ends up killing Christine. And every time it ends in the same way. Christine is dead and he comes out alive. And even when he 
like doesn't even show up for like the date that they're supposed to go on there's some award ceremony he's going to it and he's bringing her as his as his plus one like he like stands her up she's like standing outside her apartment building like oh wow mr strange is a dickhead he didn't come pick me up and then he's watching the news that night and she died in a fucking building inferno the building exploded and they know that she's dead they're like oh we know doctor is dead it's like what is going on my favorite is the heart attack Yes. they go to like the they dance. actually go to the they actually go to the ceremony they're having a dance and she just has a sudden cardiac event on the <laughs> dance floor like we said is this for children <laughs> oh my goodness well, mr so strange that... <laughs> just refuses to let up no and he goes in search of like more power and more more power gotta that be powerful way, that way he can go and change this event even though it's not so, like you're not supposed to be able to do this but he takes on all this ancient power eventually splits himself like a goddamn horcrux where you got good mr strange <laughs> and evil mr strange and then they have to duke it out and not only do they have a, a one-on-one fight, their fucking capes throw down and the capes start oh, fighting each other. So sad. Like, this is the kind of fucking content I subscribe for. You giving no, me this... cape fights now? Like, fuck Disney, you're really going all out. It's great. The cape screeches when it gets killed. It's quite something. Oh, More and more power. Eventually, he gets so powerful, Joe. So powerful. he But he cannot control this power. Well, it's not only that. It's that he's ripped apart the reality so much yes. by altering these it's circumstances that the universe actually fucking dissolves itself. He, Everyone's dead. He has literally <laughs> killed the entire fucking world all because of his hubris. And this is the first time that we've seen this in this show, and we're, what, like four episodes in now? This is the first time we've seen... he He's the first person to acknowledge the Watcher. Yes. So he he starts, as, as he realizes this world is seconds away from no longer existing, he calls out to the Watcher saying, Hey, I know you can see me. I know you're a god. You can fix this. Punish me. He finally has that epiphany like, Oh, maybe Mr. Strange shouldn't have been doing this shit. And the watcher's like, nah, bro. Like, I'm, nah. I, I'm doing what you should have done. Just fucking let it go. That's it. If I do that, more shit's gonna happen, and that more shit, I can't. Ripples, ripples of the time. Oh goodness, it's 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 real good. And the show just ends with darkness. It just yeah, it, like everything goes silent and. Just out of control. The credits roll. Yeah. It's like, holy I mean, shit. I, honestly, like, I, I don't want to sit here and say it was a great episode, but it was definitely an interesting episode. It's totally interesting because it's totally batshit. It's totally crazy. It's fun, and it's it gets into the, the mystical side, the magical side of Marvel, and they have fun with it. It's a, it's a fun episode. It's just, it's pretty, it's pretty heavy. Yeah. It's pretty gangster. Oh, well, she! Ca- I couldn't believe. I was like, "Oh, we really gonna watch this girl die again?" And- oh, it's too much. I mean, legitimately, uh, what was it? Six, seven, eight times. It was. That they've killed, it was. They, they killed Christine all within the matter of like what, like a forty-five second um, collage. 
Yes, there was about three or four car accidents. Yeah, it's it's about six, seven, eight, definitely, which is a lot to see a poor person die. <laughs> oh, this week's episode of What If is a Marvel zombie episode. Zombies, yes. yes, I don't know how they're going to do it in the comics. It's just a different universe, you know. Uh, it's just another multiverse that they uh, tell the stories in. And it's just that there's a zombie outbreak and there's zombies around. There's no real explanation when it starts there. I mean, I'm so looking I how forward to do it. it here. I'm looking forward I'm to in- it. I'm looking forward to this show at this point because even, like like I said, this is not going to go down as my favorite episode. But at the very least, they've kept me interested. They've kept me engaged. And this show has like an infinity shelf life because you can always come up with another what if. Yes. So the the way they've been doing is they're tying it into like an event. Obviously, what yeah. if this thing happened? So there's tons and tons of things they could do, especially as they have new characters. They announced that next season there will be a Black Widow episode that has to do with the Black Widow movie. So something playing off of that movie. Gotcha. What if happened? So that's fun. And they also said that. If characters jump off here and, and get popular, you may see them in live action roles. So that's exciting too to think like, hey, you might see one of these people randomly like, oh, look at this. We get a new a new uh, Captain Carter appearance at it. Wouldn't that be amazing to see a girl in that suit? That'd be so hey, awesome. You ain't you ain't going to get an argument from me. Give me all of the Agent Carter content. So it seems like another heavy episode for uh, zombie, uh, for Marvel What If with zombies. So, hey, I'm enjoying it. I understand if your kid's not, but I think nowadays kids are kind of, I don't want to say desensitized, but I feel like there's a lot more regular violence on TV than than when we had uh, growing up. I mean, this episode, I mean, it was heavy emotionally. It wasn't in the sense that it was overly violent or No, it's just dark. It's a dark concept. Yeah. In that sense, yes, definitely. But hey, we're enjoying it. Keep it coming. And now to, let's put some smiles on faces right now. Gomez, we asked on Twitter, at the card, Gomez, hey, we're recording. Who's got questions, comments, and or concerns? Remember to use the hashtag MainManQuery. And this comes from our double main man, Eddie Bowman, at the Ebo. He what says, up? at card, Gomez. A, will Joe put aside his dog show hate and watch the hilarious best in show? <laughs> what a question. Now, have Gomez, I, I got to ask you, have I been overly critical of the dog show in the past? Uh, I, like, one, how often are we bringing up the dog show? <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a yearly topic at least. <laughs> I know I've, I I definitely know, I definitely remember talking about it at least one time. Maybe this person heard this episode recently, and you I, I want to know what episode this was. Maybe you maybe you were very rude to the dog show people. I, now I gotta be honest. I read this question and I don't remember shitting on the dog show, but it definitely sounds like something I would do. I believe it. <laughs> Trust me, I believe it. Now, so I. I Let's let let's just give me a second here, Gomez. Take a knee. Okay. Fuck the dog show. <laughs> here we go. The dog show, for all of you who don't know, fucking used to preempt Monday Night Raw. 
During the hottest period of pro wrestling, when it's drawing monster ratings. Monster. And somehow they're going to put the goddamn dog show on in its place. And Raw doesn't air until fucking 11 o'clock at night. I miss the Rock and Sock Connection winning their first ever tag team titles because of the fucking dog show, bro. (laughs) It's true. Growing up, everyone hated the dog show because why the fuck would this dog show? And it's not like if the dog show wants to preempt Raw now, of course, please take that shit. I'm begging please. you to fucking knock Raw off. Turn the air that for a week. shit off, please. We need a week break. But during the height where there was millions and millions of people watching this fucking wrestling show, they said, hey, Either you're going to watch it at 11, you're going to watch it on Tuesday. We don't give a fuck what you do. You just ain't watching it now. It's amazing. They had to have some kind of contract, right? Like years I, yes, ago, they, they signed they some to, before Raw gangster contract. Did, they had to have some fucking ironclad clause in the contract mm. where the dog show will air in prime, prime time. time. <laughs> just so you could see this fucking miniature schnauzer run over a fucking balance beam. I'll say, as an adult, I do enjoy the dog show because I like watching the little dogs run around. It's cute. Yo, and then they bring out, like, the big dogs, and it's like, my man, this is, it's not cute. Like, so the, do- the learn, dog show learn how to work like a big dog. The dog show's gotten crazy. They've, like, added, I think, like, six new breeds. So there's, like, six new categories for dogs. Where'd they get these new breeds? Where'd they just invent them? No, so I think one or two are new things, like for real, like a, a new kind of thing. But a couple of them are just things that they decided, oh, maybe we should allow this group of dogs in. Or so. One of them is like these ugly dogs. I mean, have you seen is that? The, is that the, the actual scientific name of the breed? There's like the ugly dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, but have you ever seen one of those ugly dog contests where they got those dogs with like their tongue sticking out yes. and they got like crazy raggedy hair? So, Gomer, have so, like, you ever seen this movie, Best in Show? It's the best, yeah. It's a Christopher Guest movie. He makes movies like uh, Spinal Tap, uh, Best in Show would be number one. What else? Is, a Mighty Wind. Oh, what's that? I can't even think of his movies now. But, you know, these are big uh, movies that star like uh, the guy with the eyebrows from uh, American Davis. Pie. <laughs> Uh, Jason uh, Eugene, Bates. Oh, Eugene, Eugene Levy. Levy. <laughs> yes. And uh, the mom from Home Alone. You know, like they would do stuff. And Stifler's mom. Like it's a whole bunch of those kind of comedy uh, people. <laughs> okay. Uh, so is this a movie I should watch? Uh, I think you could get down with this sense of humor. I'm trying to think. For some reason, I'm drawing a blank of, of the other movies and... Uh, I don't think you've seen any of them because Best in Show would be the his most popular, I would think. So, yeah. All right, I so think you should watch it because I think you should watch anything because you never know. Some things you think you're going to hate and you actually love. Yeah. You know, as as my dead grandma used to say, try it. You may like it. Exactly. I always try something once. You got to try things once. That's what life's about. Trying right. things, experiences. Let's so, Eddie, uh, yeah, maybe I will give that a shot. And uh, if I do, when I do, we'll be sure to talk about it here. He also asked a part B, Gomez, and he did. He didn't in the original tweet, but he replied to his own tweet and said, I forgot, but hashtag main man query. So he did use it. 
Thank you. But question B, what is your go-to pizza? What are we talking? Like, uh, like just, I don't even know what that means. So, like, I just like a regular slice of pizza. Is that what he means? Yeah, like, so, if I want so for you, it would be a, it? yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I just like a regular slice of pizza. I, I love a grandma. I love all these things, but just a nice regular slice. I like a thin slice, not too fat. Delicious. See, I like a very doughy pizza, but like I think you need to have some some qualifiers in here too. Like if I'm going for like I'm just hungry right now and I want to eat quickly and I'm ordering Domino's, my go-to Domino's pizza off the 5.99 menu, you get the two toppings. I always get bacon and Italian sausage. So that's I do yeah, I do that. If I do Domino's, it's a thin crust, always a thin crust and uh Depends on how bougie I'm feeling. I'll uh, splurge and get like three or four toppings, which then turns your Whoa. order into eighty fucking eighty dollars for Domino's just because you got a fucking extra thing of pepperonis. It's ridiculous. My goodness, the coupon. Uh, have you ever seen a coupon so gangster? It's, uh, hey man, five ninety nine or twenty nine ninety nine if you want one extra thing, yeah. bro. It's crazy. It goes from zero to sixty very very quickly. And, and, uh, so. and, and then they always throw, if you use the app, they always throw the option menu on there like, oh, do you want to cheese it up? And like you in your head, you're like, fuck, yeah, I want to cheese it up. Cheese the shit out of this. Yeah, my man. now the All fuck you mention it. Yeah, you, you cheesed it up. And now you're just on the hook for another hundred and two dollars. <laughs> it's crazy. the fucking price of cheese has gone through the roof. Uh, <laughs> I like there's a, a spot by me. Uh, in Ronkonkoma There's also one in Huntington It's a cold cheese slice Where they take a, a A fresh slice of pizza Straight out the oven And then they'll put some cheese on top And just hand it to you Oh So it's like extra cheese But instead of melting the cheese They just Yeah Throw it on when it's hot So some of it melts And some of it stays Cold and together And it's it's really lovely That's very interesting I'd like to try that sometime Maybe I'll come visit you <clears throat> I mean I who, love- who are we kidding <laughs> If you're ever in New York, I would I would love to take you there, man. <laughs> um, for me, like if I'm having like a real deal pizzeria pizza, I have a very big affinity to the buffalo wing pizza. I love me a buffalo slice. I love a buffalo slice, and I love a penny vodka slice. Mm. I, Throw some pasta on top of a pizza. Let's a go, penny baby. Penny vodka slice is very good. The problem with the penne vodka that I've always found is it gets very heavy and it makes the pizza like uh, collapse kind of like you can't pick it up because it the is. pasta it's, gets it's, very heavy. It's kind of a fork and knife deal. You got to sit down. Yeah, and, and, and the, and the, feast the same on problem it. exists for the buffalo wing pizza, but I'm more willing to deal with it for the buffalo wing pizza because the the buffalo sauce, the chicken, and the ranch on a piece of pizza. It's like you know what? Like why didn't we have this years ago? It's perfect. It's true when you say that. If I had to pick a one and two, two would be a buffalo chicken slice because that is one of the things. Where if we're trying a new pizzeria, we gotta try a regular slice. Oh, they got a buffalo slice. We gotta see how their buffalo slice is. So now that you mention it, I do love me a goddamn buffalo slice. So there you go, Eddie. There's our our go-to pizzas. Thank you for writing in. Remember, you can ask us questions every week. Just tweet us at Jomez and use the hashtag MainManQuery. Real fast, you brought up wrestling. Did you watch wrestling this weekend? It was a big weekend, Joe. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) 
I so, did, and I enjoyed it. It was a um, I great actually, time. I actually do want to see it because so many people are talking about it, calling it one of the better pay-per-views literally of all time. So I feel like I should sit down and watch this. You know, I watch very little wrestling nowadays, but obviously it was a very big part of my life for a very long time. So I, I'm not like completely detached. Like I still kind of keep my fingers around the pulse because of how many relationships I still have with people within the wrestling business and what I see on Twitter and social media and stuff like that. Uh, I would like to see it though. It did sound like a very good show. Yes. When it comes to wrestling, I don't watch a lot of it, but I do I do keep up with it. But uh, more and more, I have been keeping up with AEW and actually turning on the TV because uh, I, I am enjoying what they're doing. And the pay-per-view was, it was great. Uh, every match was good. Some matches were great. And uh, the ending with the surprise uh, people coming out, it was a great time. It was fun. And it sounds cliche and stuff, but it's like it's fun watching wrestling. Like the guys look like they're having fun, the audience is having fun. I'm having fun at home. It's fun. It's nice because you watch the other product, and sometimes it's it seems like it's a chore to get through. And you're Very watching it just so. and like you're watching it just out of like, well, it's a habit. I just Monday I gotta watch Monday Night Raw, and then you go, why the fuck did I watch this? Ugh. And that's really what it became for me, and that was my reasoning for stopping. My watching of wrestling, hundred percent. I did. If you don't like it. something, don't watch it. And like, well, you got so much time. Don't so watch something you hate. Out That's exactly it. There's yeah. so much stuff out there that I actually do enjoy now. Why am I going to force myself to sit through something that I actively despise just because? 100%. Oh, I always do this. You, you make changes in life. Hundred percent. Yes, hundred percent. I get that. I, so, I, I mean, the thing that gets me with AEW and that this is. Not necessarily um, what they're doing on TV, but the fact that you have people actively making the choice to go to this company rather than stay in WWE or work to get WWE. Like, WWE is no longer the destination. No. And that... That's a big deal. Is a big deal. It's pretty and crazy to say out loud. Because when you think about it, WCW had that for a period of time, but other than that, it has never been the case that people did not want to go to WWE. You know, or Some have people want to go to Japan. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you'd still want to go to WWE. You know, even even when TNA was quote unquote the number two, and they did have yeah. big names. You know, they did have Hogan. They did have Sting. You know, you didn't really have people making the choice to say, eh. I, you know what? I've had enough of WWE. I'm going to go here and do something different. Christian did that. Um, and that might have been the only one, really. Uh, you know, for people who didn't get fired. I mean, now you're seeing people actively just letting their contracts lapse. That way they can be free to go sign with AEW, which is something that we've never really had in a generation now at this point. It's, it's, it's been 20 years. Pretty crazy. Wow. Uh, I will say, um, even though I haven't watched wrestling, uh, I've been seeing Matt Cardona post on uh, social media quite a bit about yes. what he's doing in Impact Wrestling. And outside of the GCW deathmatch stuff, uh, if you watch wrestling, you know what that's all about. But I keep seeing him post about She-Ra. Really? And I'm like, fuck, like that 
that sounds like something I'd be interested in. So I hit up Brian Myers today. I'm like, hey, what's the deal with impact tickets? You know, I got a vacation coming up soon. Maybe I'll come to a taping because I really want to see how you guys book She-Ra. And he sends me a text message back, which was the Homer Simpson going into the bushes. And I go, like, what is this about? Because I see Broski posting about it all the time. Like, he's going to fight She-Ra. And he sends me back a picture of this, like, brawlic-looking dude with a mustache whose name is Shera. <laughs> and I was like, are you fucking kidding me, man? Like, the fucking wrestling sucks. Ah, <laughs> uh, She-Ra. <laughs> Like, I just thought it was She-Ra. And I'm like, yo, like, I don't know what's going on with this, but I want to see it. So I get it, because I, I was like, oh, She-Ra? I, Impact Wrestling is not on my radar. So when you say She-Ra's there, I'm like, oh, they're doing a tie-in? Okay, what's this about? Uh, that's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, wrestling's fun sometimes, and, uh, yeah. Check it out once in a while, Joe. You might like some stuff. Trust me, you're definitely going to hate some stuff because I know what you like in wrestling, but I think there's some stuff you would enjoy. Well, I, I am looking forward to seeing what American Dragon does in AEW. I've always been a fan of his work. So Can't wait, baby. I'm, I'm interested to see like what direction they take it. And like you said, it looks like the guys are having fun there, and it, it sounds like the guys are having fun there. And when you're excited to go to work, it makes a big difference. Yes, sir. I'll be at the uh, Dynamite tape in, in two weeks Is at the, the Arthur Ashe Stadium. I was going to say the yes, U.S. I, Open, yeah. I'm so excited because when the fuck would I ever step foot in that place? That's a really interesting building to run a show. He just, like, he was looking for a place that could do, like, kind of an outdoor thing. And he's like, hey, what about, he just was like, why not the tennis place? And why not? You know? Hey, like, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's really outside the box thinking. I think it's really smart. I like it a lot, and I'm interested to see how it comes off as a uh, like a TV experience because it is a taping, right? Yes. So they tape they tape both shows. They do they tape both shows. So they'll live is Dynamite, and then they'll tape the Friday Rampage. Show yeah. So I'm also. really interested to see how it comes off, uh, how it looks on TV. Yes. So that's it. Uh, look at that. We talked about wrestling for a little bit today. Look at us. Woo. We're really, like I said, we give you the buffet of everything pop culture. Even if you're at a buffet, there's one main dish you got to have. Yeah, you you still have to order your entree. So I think it's time we get into that entree, baby. Uh, You know it. And it set a record this weekend. Biggest Labor Day opening, right? Yes. It beat Rob Zombie's Halloween was the previous holder of that record. Was that really? Yes, and you know what the best part is? $30 million. That was the record, bro. So this tripled. <laughs> Fucking the, smashed uh, The last it. record. Wow. And now, now, and obviously we're talking about Shang-Chi and the, what is yes. it, the Legend of the Ten Rings? Ten Rings, yes, sir. And brought this up last week, said we we're going to watch it. Apparently half the world watched it. Um, but this makes you think, did Warner Brothers drop the ball? By putting Suicide Squad on streaming. 100%. A lot of those people were upset that they made these decisions so early in the game. Because they announced this at the beginning of the year. And just like for the whole year. 
everything instead of going oh for the first couple months this will be there and picking and choosing you know yeah they yeah, just yeah. flat out said every movie that comes out this year is going straight on to streaming they said it was a one year only thing we'll see if they continue to do that you know but maybe it does pay off with the subscriptions I don't know you know maybe people did buy HBO Max to watch Suicide Squad I don't know I know th- I, those numbers they don't really give out yes that's true but at the same time, every report that I've been reading about Shang-Chi always is mentioning, oh, after the disappointing opening of Suicide Squad. Yes, that is the narrative for the Suicide Squad. Even though we are in the middle of a pandemic, the movie came out as things were getting worse. So someone might be scared when all of a sudden things are good. and Oh, wait, things are getting bad again. So you wouldn't. Run to the movies. I get that. And at the end of the day, staying home and paying $15 is a lot better. Yo, let me tell you. I went to the movies um, Friday, a matinee first showing, and I was shocked at how much it cost me to go to the movies. Yeah, bro. It's expensive. Because so I'm all for a for first it. showing, I still paid $11 for a ticket. And then, yes, and that's the matinee price, too. And that's the matinee price. And it wasn't um they it wasn't four D, it wasn't IMAX, it was a regular screen showing. And then when I bought snacks and all I bought was a pretzel bites and a large soda, and that was sixteen bucks. I was gonna say that's fifteen dollars right there, bro. That's I was like, it yeah. cost me almost thirty dollars to go to the movies by myself when you factor in the gallon of gas. That's by yourself. Now take a lady friend with you. I'm gonna say take your like, kids with on, you. I'm gonna Forget lock her it. in a closet. She's not allowed. To, like I'll have to put her in a book bag. <laughs> That's why we do one of those uh, subscription services for the movies, because I pay thirty dollars, and I get three or four movies to see. And so once I see two, once I go twice or two tickets, it's already paid for. Yeah, because it's it's crazy. So yeah, uh, it's. It's a lot of money, so I get why people want to stay home. Uh, I think, obviously, seeing a movie like this is great on a big screen. I get it. Who would want to see it? But, you know, people got nice TVs at home, too, so I understand. Now, you know what? Like, you're a movie guy. I am a casual movie guy, right? Like, you wouldn't classify me as a hardcore movie guy, but you also wouldn't say, like, oh, Joe never goes to the movies. No, I wouldn't say hardcore, but you you watch a lot of movies. You you, you enjoy movies, yeah. So now I've been to the movies a couple times. I, I saw... What I, what else have I seen lately? I forget. <laughs> you know what you saw, bro. Oh, Fast and the Furious. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. That's something. Sure, talk about that. What, was, what else did I see? What am I missing? I know there's something Snake else. guys. Oh, I blocked that out. Um, but what, what I'm finding is now that I had that year off from going to the movies, I'm finding it very hard to sit in a movie theater and, you know, not reach for my phone, not see who's texting me, not seeing what updates or mentions I'm getting on Twitter. I'm finding it very difficult to actually just sit and watch a movie now. It's very, I don't know. I feel like I either, I got to stop going to the movies or I got to find a way to break that uh you know reliance i have on the technology i get it definitely staying home a year and watching movies whenever you want however you want 
definitely you gotta reprogram yourself to oh wait there's uh, someone sitting next to me because god forbid someone don't sit next to you no matter what no <laughs> even when you book you book the seats in advance and all of a sudden someone sits down right next to me in fact at least give a buffer bro 100%. like what are we doing like come on it's all a right. matinee show it's not even a full theater come on now <laughs> But I get it because there's been times where I book myself a ticket because I get the app and I just you, you uh, check into a movie and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go see this movie. And then I'm like, I think I'll just stay home and watch something else. Like, it's just I don't want to drive over there and sit there and hope no one's being. So, I mean, I don't have, of course, I'm going to knock on wood, but my movie going experiences are pretty perfect. I, no one is talking, chatting. I don't know if it's the times I'm going, but I do go open at night sometimes. So I don't know if it's just the movies. People are into the movies we're seeing. But I don't have nightmare stories of going to the movie theater. So me going to the movie theater is usually a pleasant experience. I have a good time. I know a lot of people do not have this same thing. Yeah. When all they talk about are the horror stories of of people chatting and talking. And I get it. So that's another reason. Why are you going to run to the theater to be annoyed? I get it, bro. Oh, but here we go. Shang-Chi and Gomez. Shang-Chi is obviously one of the greatest, best-known superheroes that has ever existed. Uh, I didn't <laughs> hear of him until this week. Uh, Joe talks about D-level Marvel characters <laughs> becoming popular. This is a bottom of the barrel. Shang-Chi is so nothing. Popular in like the 60s, 70s, around when Bruce Lee came out. I don't even know if popular is, is the proper word. It was a thing then. And I think they've rebooted him a couple times every couple, ten years, you know. Like, oh, let's let's try the, the Kung Fu martial arts thing. And uh, only now recently, because there's a movie coming out, you know, now he's back into being a, a high-profile Marvel character in the comic books. So this is, woof, this is a character that not many people give one shit about. Like, have you ever, what is your first remembrance of hearing of Shang-Chi? I was like, who's that? And then people like, oh, his dad was the Mandarin, this, that, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, but no, I know nothing about it. I can't say I've ever seen him. I mean, I've seen him, again, because this is a, a property that's been talked about for a few years that I'm doing. So they're like, oh, there's a Marvel sale on uh, Shang-Chi. Come catch up. But no, myself, I've never read one. I hear they're all they're all pretty bad. They're all stereotypical Asian yeah, uh, nonsense from back in the day, you know. So there's no, it's no rush to ever read this yeah, character. I've never heard of this character until they announced plans to make this the first movie of Phase 4. And... um so, I, I mean, I, I'm going in with absolutely no expectations, but Gomez, why don't you tell us what Shang-Chi, the Ten Rings, is all about? Oh, yeah, it's about our man, Shang-Chi. He's a, uh, a valet driver, and what is it, they live in San Francisco? Yes, yeah, San, San Francisco. San Francisco with his good friend Katie. One day, they get accosted on a, a bus trying to get his necklace. And uh, we find out there's more than meets the eye. This is a man who comes from a background where his father is the... that He's he's this hardcore kung fu expert. F- fucking crazy <laughs> like gangster man. trained killer. <laughs> trained killer. He's got these ten rings that give him eternal life and a whole bunch of powers. In the comics, 
the ten rings are more like um, Infinity Stones, where each ring kind of does a thing, you know? Okay. Like, this would be a fire ring, a water ring, gotcha, bullshit like gotcha. that, you know? So, in the movies, it's more like just, like, kind of uh, making beams and shit like that. Kind of like Iron Man, I would say. Yeah. It seems like. But, uh, and his mother is also very powerful from a hidden village in the jungle. A, a hidden oh. village in the jungle. Yeah. Is it not? I mean, what? I mean, it's basically, a, yeah. It's a mystical, magical village, The, the magical too. world of Talo. Yes. A secret place that you cannot find. You can only find it once a year unless you have a, what appears to be a powder puff with ears guiding you. <laughs> yes, as always, we're going to be talking spoilers because... There's a lot. There's a lot that these trailers don't show you. They've done a, a great job of really keeping that third act basically out of the uh, out of all the promotional materials. So going in, were you excited for this movie, Joe? Me, I was excited because I, you know, I love kung fu, wuja type movies. So this is this was right up my alley. I was I was fired up for this one. No, I um, I w- I, w- I, w- I definitely wasn't excited. I I wasn't like dreading it or anything. Um, honestly, sure. this may have been the first Marvel movie that I probably would have skipped if not for doing this podcast and knowing it's going to be a thing. Um, wow. But I might have considered skipping it altogether. Would you say so excitement level? Would you say you were more excited for Black Widow or basically both movies? You really didn't care. Uh, both movies. I really didn't care, but I was probably if I had to pick one or the other, I would have picked Black Widow. I get it. You know who that person is. Totally. Yeah. So I want to ask you, so you had very low expectations. How, how'd you feel coming out of the movie? My biggest takeaway from this movie was how much more it made me hate fucking snake eyes. <laughs> I love it. Real fast. Do you know that snake eyes, it was down to him and uh seeming Lu, I believe his name is. For who would play Shang-Chi here. Your boy Snake Eyes was almost... He was almost here. Almost had the Marvel movie. Well, Snake Eyes was actually played by Henry Golding. Yes, sir. Henry Golding. Okay. Um, if There is no way that this would have been an even watchable movie if Henry Golding had been cast in it. <laughs> oh, you're not down with <laughs> The ladies love him. He's like the... He's the it adult... Like adult movie Asian star, you know, like when you when you need a hunky Asian guy, he he usually plays that character. Like, I mean, listen, I get that that he's a good looking dude, but that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and here's the thing, like I'm going in as a GI Joe fan, but like I said, I go maybe. If you don't know anything about G.I. Joe, if you don't know anything about Snake Eyes, maybe you can still have an enjoyment and just watch this movie for what it is and enjoy the fight scenes and whatever else comes of it. But you did that, and you also said the movie fucking sucked balls. Yes. Now, I'm going into Shang-Chi going, I don't know anything about this. They just got to give me a good story, and I'll be happy with it. And they did, and they gave me some fucking phenomenal fight scenes. They gave me some so good, good characters. I was able to get invested <laughs> in this story. And 
like literally the bare minimum the bare minimum was all snake eyes had to fucking give me and they couldn't do that instead they gave me some fucking wackadoodle story that made no fucking sense where the good guy the hero of the movie was actually the biggest piece of shit and the guy they wanted to be the bad guy is the guy you end up feeling bad for at the end of the movie he goes he goes next time i see you you're gonna pay for what you've done that's how it ends where he's like fuck you guy you betrayed me you piece of shit look what you did you did all of this that's how the movie ends oh fucking snake guys terrible so the biggest thing is that shang chi just gave me something to actually enjoy at even the most mediocre of levels that's all i needed and if Snake Eyes could have done that, I would have probably came out of there like jerking off of being over the moon that finally, oh, they finally did something halfway decent with a G.I. Joe movie, but they didn't. Meanwhile, Shang-Chi, a character I have absolutely no attachment to, a character I couldn't give two fucks about, comes in and says, hey, Joe, just have a seat. Enjoy your pretzel bites. Dip it in that cheese. Make sure you get a lot of cheese. We gave you a nice big cup of cheese. So dip it in that cheese and enjoy that cheese. Swirl it around your tongue. Taste that cheese. That nice warm cup of cheese. Taste it. Because as good as that cheese tastes is as good as we're going to make you feel from a movie watching experience. <laughs> Love to hear it. Mm, I haven't had pretzel bites in a while. I got to do that next time. So... I love this movie from the opening scene, which uh, chronicles the father uh, in history, you know, becoming uh, in power and then falling in love with the mother, I thought was just stupendous. And the fact that the movie opens with subtitles, I also loved. I was like, oh, they're going to make these people read today. Yo, uh, I thought the same thing. I was like, yo, I, I was almost looking around to see if there were going to be people walking out because of how prevalent the subtitles were for the first, I don't know what, 20 minutes of the movie? 20 minutes are pretty much all, uh, you know, all in a, another language. It's great. I, I love this movie, Joe. I, uh, the fight scenes were stupendous. That bus scene... Woo. I'm not going to lie, Gomez. I did not love this movie. Oh, no. I did not hate this movie. I like, yeah, I got you. I like this movie. Here's a, here's a question I have for you because you may be sure. better equipped to answer it. Maybe. Sure. What is the timeline for this movie? Like where in the Marvel so, yes, timeline this... does this take place? Because while the Thanos snap is referenced, it's almost done so irreverently like – like everyone's just good. over it. Good, yes, because we are. Like we don't need to keep bringing it up and having every single thing tie into it. So definitely good. People are wondering about the timeline. I'm sure Marvel will come out soon and give us the 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 actual timeline. But so it says, uh, was it 1996 is when the father meets the mother? Correct. That's mm-hmm. so. I would assume within a year or two, right? So 97, well, he's 98. he's like 20-something years old. Right, so, so 90. Because also remember, we're like three years in the future now. So we're like 2023, correct. 24 because of the time jump. So, yeah. So I'm thinking he's 23. Because his father says, I gave you 10 years, right? Yes. So it's, uh, you got to like piece all these things together. Well, he was, four, he was 14 when he was sent on his first mission, right? <clears throat> yes. And then so he's 24 years old. So let's... Hypothetically speaking, it, it, we're, we're about what twenty twenty five. Then at that point, if they meet in ninety six, 
Give, yeah. it, give it a year for the baby to be born and 24 years later. Okay. I guess. That's a rough a rough thing, just piecing things together. But yes, people are wondering about the timeline of things. Now, another issue I had with this movie... Yes, please. ...is, number one, Shang-Chi does not seem to have very strong feelings about his father either way. Like, at one point... Like, yeah, we get that he ran away from home because he didn't want to do this mission. But then, like, he's like, oh, we got to stop dad. But then, like, all of a sudden, five minutes later, he's sitting at the dinner table with him like, what do you mean? What do you mean you heard mom calling you? I want I want to hear mom, too. Can she call me? Like, oh, we're going to be a family again. This is great. And then five minutes later, he's like, I swear on my dragon skin cloak that I, <laughs> Shang-Chi... The master of Talo am going to murder my father on the battlefield tomorrow. <laughs> so says the ancients. So says the dragons. I shall control them with my kung fu wizardry. For I am Shang-Chi and my father must die. <laughs> oh, the voice acting lately has been dynamite. Uh, so I feel he's very conflicted, I would think. Uh, obviously, it's his father, but he knows his father's a real piece of shit. I mean, his father... But he's like a real piece of shit, but at the same time, he's like, oh, we're going we're gonna to go have some, some dinner, and then you're going to put these uh, emeralds in the, uh, the wall here that's going to make us take a family bath together so it could give us the map of where we could find the voice of mom. And then... So- <laughs> And then, by the way, uh, come tomorrow, uh, I'm not even going to get really loud with you. Uh, I'll tell you, hey, Dad, I don't know if this is a good idea, and then you can imprison me, and then that'll make up my mind. Fuck, mother. I'm going to fucking kill you now. I think, one, he knows his father has those ten rings, and he has all his ninjas. So I think he's being cautious of that. I think he's just, he wants to see... What his dad is up to. Like, why am I here? Why did you come for me? Like, what, what's going on? And then, of course, when he brings up his mother, he's going to have a little soft spot to see. But then he quickly does realize that his father is insane. He even tells him, uh, you know, you're not hearing mom. That That's crazy talk. The father doesn't like that, of course. And that's when he locks him up. But, uh, you know, I, I, I like, think it's like any parent like, dynamic. You, I, see, I, I, I find it a very weak premise. Um, and more as a a convenient storyline to get them into the prison so they can meet our very, very big surprise guest, Trevor. So I kind of, I, like I pretty much knew he was going to be in this movie. I did not know he was going to be in so much of this movie where he becomes a main character for the third act. It's uh, pretty, pretty great. Uh, he kills it. I love me some Sir Ben Kingsley. Sir Ben Kingsley He's reprising having his the role time of his life the, as Trevor Slattery, the actor who played the Mandarin in Iron Man Three. Uh, that was panned by by most people, most fanboys, because I guess the Mandarin was such a hardcore nemesis of Tony Stark in the comic books, and they basically turned him into a joke in Iron Man 3. Yes. I personally really it was thought great. it was funny. Like, I Hysterical. really enjoyed the character and the way they went with that. But apparently, that's been shit on for years, and they kind of have him apologize for it. 
Yes, they do. He understands. He understands why people would would feel the way they do. Great. And I guess you know they acknowledge that the father is the true Mandarin. So even Trevor he even says to Shang Chi, "Is like, oh, you know, I'm sorry for making your dad seem like a goof or whatever." Yes, they never call him the Mandarin, but they make little hints as to him being that. <clears throat> but uh, Trevor then is basically the he helps these people escape. Well, not escape. He helps them on their journey. On if the it journey wasn't for to, him, yeah. If it wasn't for them but, and, and the little puffball Morris, who is a magical creature from Talo, the who, best. When he told been, them you could see him was just yes. <laughs> That for for the years that Trevor has been locked in this prison, he thought this was just a vision he was having, and then he's so happy to see that Shang Chi and his sister are able to see Morris, this this pet, that he's just so so thrilled that he's not as so crazy good. as he thought he might be. So good, yeah, and then he leads them uh, to the magical village. I, I got uh, a lot of vibes here. Um, I found this movie to be very similar to two actual properties within the Marvel Universe already. Number one, I think, is obvious, and that's Black Panther. With the way you're building the world and trying to initiate an audience into a different culture uh, for a character that they may or may not be overly familiar with. So I got a lot of Black Panther vibes with this. And the other movie to me that I got similar vibes from was Ant-Man. And I don't know, you could tell me if I'm wrong with this. But the relationship between Shang-Chi and his best friend Katie, as played by Aquafina, very much like very much comes off to me like the Paul Rudd, Michael Pena relationship in Ant-Man. Totally. And they're best buds, they're the best of friends, and they she's the comic relief, but she's not just a comic. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah, so I got a lot of vibes on that. Yeah. So you're get getting very, you're getting a lot of very typical Marvel tropes within this movie. So it's almost like um comfort food in a way yes we know this is something new something different but at the same time here are some things that if you've been watching the marvel movies here are some things that we're going to put in here to make you feel comfortable give you something that you do know even though you're not familiar with these characters and with this world sure marvel has a formula and in that formula, they play in different genres and different styles of movies. You got the spy movie, the galactic movie. You get all these different things. So definitely, I get that. Where it's but it's hitting those beats because they. I just think they know how to hit those beats. And it's a tried and true formula at this point. It works, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And Gomez, I like you. You said earlier, and I think you are a hundred percent right in this. And I think. I think the go-to fight scene in the entire MCU has been the airport scene in uh, Civil War. But the fight scenes in this movie, I thought, were absolutely phenomenal. The bus scene in particular is probably an all-timer. Very very reminiscent of The Matrix in a lot of ways. The way it's shot, I kind of got vibes on that. Sure. And... um, just like really very cool, very visually striking. Oh yeah, lots of very cool visual stuff there. Going in and out of the tr- in and out of the bus as as the fight is moving, and following with a very drab kind of setting. You're talking about being on a bus with just a normal 
town around you. You know, it's not the most exciting, uh, aesthetically pleasing uh, background images that you're getting in front of you. But it, the way it's just presented to you comes off so well. They really knock that out of the park. Did you know who that that white boy was? Razor Fist, because I, I was watching no that. Idea. So I was watching this movie, and I'm like, "Yo, he looks so familiar." This fucking guy, who is it? And it, it's the guy from Creed Two, Drago's son, it's little Drago. Is it okay? Yes, I'm like this guy. It bugged me the whole movie. I'm like, he's so familiar. Why do I know this guy? Oh man, uh, did you like? Just like with the Suicide Squad. The end of this movie is a secret kaiju movie. It turns into yeah. a giant monster attacking the village. It turns into I... a massive CGI fest at the end. And honestly, uh, it's it's fun. But there are things that happen at the end of this movie where I'm just like, oh, well, this is very disappointing. I do get that. I get. I totally get how... This movie, even with the rings and the mystical, it's still grounded in its own reality. And uh, and then you get to the village, and you know it's a magical village. Yes. But it ends with uh, demons flying out that suck your soul and bring it back to a monster, a massive, massive monster. Who, <laughs> like, looks like a... I don't know, like a Cthulhu kind of... It's just like this weird design. It's a cool design. Yeah, like this weird octopus-looking thing yeah. with wings. Like, it's very... That flies odd. around. And the thing for me, though, is it basically kills Shang-Chi's father. And he seems, like, so completely indifferent to it. And he's just like, oh, all right. Well, now I got to defeat this monster before it, it kills my magic dragon good guy, Kaiju. So, uh, <laughs> peace, Dad. Uh, you know, and it's just like, really? Like, like you, you just, you just swore that you would murder this man like 12 hours ago. Like, and now you're just like, well, fuck. All right. There's a flying monster around. He's got, he's got things to do, bro. He's got no time to, to mourn this man. that he probably, I, I understand you know? that. But you know what? If you're under duress at the, at that, the feet of a giant monster, maybe show a little more, uh. Uh, a little more emergency, like show that there's a, you know, be a little frantic, like actually try to do something. My man just stood there and watched patiently while it fucking sucked the soul out of his pops. And I'm sorry, I, you know, you could have a, a very difficult relationship and, and trying to figure that out with, with how your father treated you and, and turned you into an assassin at an early age. But now you were out happy parking cars. I don't know. Maybe you never come to terms with that. But just fucking two days ago, you were having dinner with the man and then standing in the family pool while the emeralds shot water all over you and showed you a map. Well, that don't count family. for nothing. Family pool. <laughs> it wasn't a pool when they first got there. No, it was just a room. But then once you put, once you plug in the the gemstones, it fucking soaks you with the luscious waters of Talo. Let me ask: Was Shang Chi the worst character for you in this movie? I, I have a feeling he was your least favorite of the uh, the movie here. He probably was. I I feel like you know who I feel like was very underused. I almost feel bad. Was the ant. When they meet the ant in Talos, yes. I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, 
Michelle, you yeah, would have she she deserved better. Not that she's you know she just she could have done more. I get that. I also I feel the sister could have done a little more too. I mean they set her up for later on in next movies, but I feel they could have did a little more. Aquafina, I was pleasantly surprised with that she was. I thought she was great. I guess she she was great. She played her role very well. She you know she just there. She she did her job. You know what I mean? It's not like she was a. A wild standout, but she was there and she did her job. And sometimes that's all you need. Not everyone needs to be the main event, but you need the, you need these people who are going to play their roles to perfection. I think Michael Pena is fucking phenomenal in the Ant Man movies. And he deserves not, an Oscar though for those roles. He's he's amazing. He's so fucking good. <laughs> and it's like it's you know it's almost like the Simpsons method. You know, like not everybody can be a Simpson. But at some point, you need Bumblebee Man to come in and steal a scene. You need Mayor Quimby to come in and steal a scene. And that's where I feel like Marvel has been very successful in having the Michael Peñas and the Aquafinas. And, you know, even to a lesser extent, the Gwyneth Paltrow's who come in and, and do their little pepper pot scenes until you try to make them rescue and have bigger parts and then it kind of falls apart. But, you know, in, in those small doses, Agent Coulson is another one. Phenomenal in... Those little scenes that you give him comes in, makes the comments about the trading cards. Oh, they're vintage. And, you know, like, and he gets out. I get it. I get it. <laughs> oh, is there anything else you want to hit on here, Joe, before there I hit some There is one music? thing I'd like to hit. Yes, what? What? The music. Are you a man? A double main man? Are you a man? A triple main man? A man, man, man? A quadruple main man? Are you a man? Are you a man? All right, Joseph. Where does Shang-Chi, the legend of the Ten Rings, land on your main man standings? Um, I did. I guess I did not like this movie as much as you did. I still liked it. I still had fun with it. I was able to go in with an open mind and see a a karate beat 'em up fight movie that I was able to enjoy, and that made me hate the karate beat 'em up fight movie that I wanted to see even more. The fucking two weeks ago. I was so excited for that other movie, even though I should have known better. And this was the movie I kind of wish Snake Eyes would have been, could have been, should have been. So even though I do have issues with this incredibly difficult father-son relationship that I still am not able to figure out. And even though, like, I know I would still be relatively scarred if Thanos had just wrecked half my world and we're a couple years after the fact, I mean, I would probably be shaking in my space boots knowing that at any given moment I could be wiped off the face of the earth as well. These people are just happy to park some fucking cars. Um, I'm still able to have a good time with this movie, but I'm only going to go triple main man, three stars, good but not great. Three, all right, Joe, that's not bad. Okay, I get it. You like the movie, don't love the movie. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, me, I'm going to give this a four because, like I said, this movie was my shit. From the opening scene, I was like, oh, this movie, this movie's for me. And it delivered on awesome kung fu uh, fights, also wuha fights. It's just lots and lots of good shit. 
it made me watch. I went home. I watched Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, because I was like, I just, I need to see people flying and kicking each other. I just, I was so into it. Uh, I get the third act problems totally. Obviously, you're watching this movie where it's a lot of punching, kicking, a lot of awesome shit, and now there's a giant monster sucking souls. I get it. So that could be disappointing for some, but hey, for me. I love it. Give me more monsters. I'll take it. <laughs> Give me all of your monsters. Ne- monsters is never a bad thing in a movie for me, t- but I understand. So, yeah, this is uh, one of my. Uh, it's it's going to be one of my favorite Marvel movies, probably, if I get a rewatch. And yeah, I've been hearing a lot of people say that. The- people putting it in the top five of the Marvel movies so far. Um, obviously, I disagree with that. Yeah, I but get I, that. But I get it. From the perspective of it did give you something different, something new, something borrowed, something blue. And, um, you know, so whatever. It just it, it hit me a little differently. And sometimes these things happen. I get it. Totally. Uh, my mom wants to see it. So I'll probably take her to see it so I could check it out again. Definitely. Sanctuary. I did believe the the idea is next month, I think 30 days, and then it'll be on Disney Plus regular, not premiere, $30, whatever, just oh, regular wow. old Disney Plus. Because I believe they wanted to do the the Disney premiere thing again, but this is what they're saying is they're blaming Scarlett Johansson, you know, the lawsuit. Yeah, the contract. So they're like, well, we don't want any more problems, so we're not going to do that. So I hey. mean, and it worked out well for them. They, they had a $90 million opening weekend, and the movie hasn't even opened in China yet, and I believe it's over $150 million worldwide already. Awesome, and this is a nothing character. This is, this is a big deal. It's it's pretty awesome, pretty big opening. Yeah, very co- very it. cool to see. I, hey, you know what? They they own all these intellectual properties, and they're finding use for them. And and you know, it wasn't like that that long ago that Marvel was fucking bankrupt. Yes, this is why they don't own Spider Man. This is why they just got X Men back. They had to sell these things to keep them afloat. You know, and the and the reason that they had to start with like this Avenger saga was because, and, and you know we've and we've said it a thousand times. Marvel started this whole MCU on characters nobody gave a shit about because those were the only characters they had the movie rights left to. And to think about what this has grown into is just absolutely. Like, I would love to go back in time and tell people, like, wait till you see what happens 12 years from now with this shit. It's true. It's very true. After Iron Man, to think of Endgame, insane to think about. Uh, I I actively remember, like, seeing all those first couple Marvel movies with my friends from wrestling school who were big comic guys and and they were hyped because they're like oh they're going to do this and then they're going to do Thor and they're going to do Captain America they're going to build to the Avengers but you know who knows what's going to happen you know now like getting to that point for a big team up movie sounds inevitable you know but at the time it was like you know this is like best case scenario we get an Avengers movie <laughs> and best yeah. case scenario turned out way better than any scenario probably anyone could have ever imagined. If Marvel has all their characters, we get in Spider-Man, X-Men, Fantastic Four. That's what we get in the start. We ain't getting Avengers. Avengers will come eventually. Oh, 100%. 100%. 
So that's Shang-Chi, Legend of Ten Rings. Check it out. Either way, you're going to like it. I can't see anyone not liking this movie. I just feel your level of enjoyment will be high to moderate. You know, and we also got, I want to give props to my double main man, Wong, for showing up, taking some time away from Doctor Strange. That way, Doctor Strange could do some fucked up shit while he's messing with Shang-Chi doing karaoke the best that was the best uh end credit scene it gives you some information you're like oh shit look at this wow and then you you have some laughs at the end yeah Great. it was it was a good one and i also and it also set up for the future well too with the second cutscene, where the sister has now basically taken over the the 10 rings and yes. and i i read somewhere i don't know if this is true or not maybe you can confirm uh that they may be branching her off into a disney plus series Ooh, I didn't hear that. That'd be interesting. They they would do like the Ten Rings as a Disney Plus series. I saw at the end of the movie it says the Ten Rings will. The be Ten back. Rings will return. Yes. Yes, it doesn't say anything else. So that's that's very interesting. I wonder. Uh, they'll probably be like the new, you know, the new foot or uh, what the. That's fist. what, what I was it? thinking. What's the, the hand. name of the, I, the hand? The hand. <laughs> the foot is the Ninja Turtle. Foot, eye, elbow. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever body part. <laughs> Oh, I'm there for it, baby. Give me all of it. Hey, Gomez. Yes, Joseph. Why don't you hit some music? It is now time for the Big Finish. All right, Joseph. We got a Big Finish for you today. You ready? Ah, man. I'm so ready. Here we go, Joe. Top three. TRL era music videos. We talking music oh, videos wow. from the TRL era. Here we go. So you got to think of that time frame. Yeah, so you're talking about really like 98 to like 2002. I was going to say that's it. Yep. Like that's peak TRL to me. And yes. the music videos that absolutely owned. And I think I can knock this out pretty easily. Ooh, I love it. G- give me one. Let- start uh, us off. I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. I, I knew you were going to say... I knew you would say a Backstreet Boys song. <clears throat> it's, I get it. Definitely. Uh... I would, if I was gonna pick a boy band, I would pick In Sync. Bye bye bye. I knew you were gonna go there. As soon as I said the Backstreet Boys, I knew you would go In Sync. But my next one is gonna be my favorite band from that time period. It's gonna be Blink 182. What my, what's my age again? Hundred percent. That's definitely. That's one of the first things I thought of. Is that one? And also, uh, what the fuck's the other one? Uh, All the small things. All the small things, yes, where they're making fun of the the videos of the time. Yeah, of the time. And then I think the easy layup for me to make it a perfect three is Britney Spears' Hit Me Baby One More Time. Oh, iconic. Come on, everyone knows that one. I would go... So I think Blink, I think Sync, and for me, I think Bloodhound Gang, Bad Touch, the monkey suits... That was, a, that was a big one. <laughs> That's one. Uh, we have a little time left. Uh, anything else you think of off the top of your head? My uh, Genie in a Bottle was a big one um, sure. because of the era. Uh, 98 Degrees was hot for a while. Give me just one night. Una noche. 
You know um, what I just thought? And, and imagine if this video came out now. Remember, was it Fat Boy Slim with uh, Christopher Walken dancing? Yes. That was uh, uh, music as a uh, uh, what is that? Uh, something I forget. Yes, it's but, we- weapon something. Yes, weapon of that, choice. Weapon of like that. If that came out now with that man dancing, like that's something that would break the internet now. And, and you know what? I think is going to be something else that kind of did break the internet for the time. Tom Green with the Bum Bum song. The Bum Bum song. One day, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and I think of Eminem. He always had uh, videos. The Real Slim Sadie, one of them yeah. I would think of off the top of my head. It's a lot of great videos. I mean, forget about it. You could do just the greatest music video and, list. And, and we, we go didn't on even touch on. on Beyonce or Destiny's Child or anything like that. Yes, because we're just thinking like, and we're probably thinking... The songs we picked are probably like from one little time frame. Meanwhile, <laughs> there's three years later that were just as good. Oh, absolutely, um, but it's just when I think of TRL, that's what comes to that, mind. That's for that the, the era. peak, yeah. peak, the peak, peak when they first, first hit that first Britney. Of course, that was like what the that was crazy. Uh, time is up. We killed that though. We we did that way in time. I yeah, feel like that. Woof. That was a crushed. That that was you know when you hit the sweet spot. Boom. Yes, sir. Well. That's all the time we have for this episode of Card Jomez Joe. Gave you guys a little extra, a little longer episode today. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you guys for continuing to listen to this podcast. We're seeing our numbers go up each and every week, so we appreciate that. Please continue to reach out, ask questions, get engaged with us on all the social medias, at Card Jomez, Instagram and Twitter. Like I said, me and Gomez will be setting something up soon to do this one chip challenge live stream. Uh, first ever Car Jomez live stream. That sounds pretty fun. Uh, it does. Encu- encourage your friends to subscribe to the podcast. Check it out for themselves. Remember, if you do subscribe, take a screenshot, tweet it to us at Car Jomez, and I'll send you a free autographed eight by ten. And also, you can follow me on my personal stuff at the Joe Shoes. I'm the Gomez one five four on Twitter and Instagram. And we will be back next week with another brand new episode where we hope to continue to see these numbers skyrocket and keep us atop the best podcast charts on all the apps that exist. (laughs) That's right. So until next week, Joe. And listening is half the battle. Peace. One, two, one, two, three, four.